0: Outdoor Edge in their complete lineup of knives and game processing kits. These guys right now are doing an absolutely huge giveaway where you could win an elk hunt. And not just any elk hunt. We're talking about a 7 or 8 mile horseback ride into the backcountry. We're talking a one-on-one guided hunt. Enter the discount code NATION30. That's the word NATION with the number 30 after that. No spaces, NATION30, and you will receive 30% off your purchase.
1: Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and this is episode numbers 96. Today on the show, we're gonna talk all about gear. I'm gonna do a complete gear rundown on everything that I use from the arrows that I use, broadheads that I use, pack sticks everything that i take into the woods on each trip into the field we're going to go over that i'm going to give you reasons why i like it and maybe some reasons why i think that it should improve so stay tuned this is the southern ground hunting podcast Alright everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm super excited to uh, be here with you. I'm going to be going solo today. I, um, I'm going to be in Tennessee this weekend. I've had an incredibly busy week. I have not been able to really try to plan anything. And so I wanted to make sure to get a podcast out for you guys. And so I started thinking about things that, um, the, the most common questions that we get on the Instagram, on YouTube, Facebook even. And usually it has to do with gear. Now, I'll admit to you guys, I'm not much of a gear junkie. I don't, like, put a whole lot of um, thought into I, – I, I say that. I'm very practical. Like, I, I want things that are going to work for me and work for the style of hunting that I do. Um, I don't do a whole lot of extras. I'm not, like, a, I'm not – a. don't know. I just – if I find something I like, I'm probably going to keep it. If I don't like it, I may look for something better, but for the most part, I just don't like spending a ton of money over and over again on gear. So over the last couple of years, I have been really trying to fine tune it, but still not like, I'm not crazy about it, but the things that I use do work for me most of the time. So, um, like I said, it's the most common question that I get. Um, usually it's like um you know it has to do with filming equipment or saddle hunting equipment a lot of kayaking questions so i figured a podcast where i just do a, a rundown on everything that i'm using and tell you why i like the stuff that i that i use and like i said like i'm 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 not a gear junkie i like things that are going to be practical for me um and the things that i use may or may not work for you um but it'll still be good a good episode i think uh just to answer some of those questions that i've gotten in the past and, and in the in the pretty, uh, pretty recently, um, especially with deer season starting to kick off, people are starting to realize, oh man, I need this, I need this, how do I do this? And, uh, and that's why I think, you know, there, people are reaching out, a lot of you guys are reaching out, asking, asking what I'm using. Um, I'm not a pro, I'm not the best, I don't have the best gear, but I, like I said, I do have things that I believe work for me and work for the style of hunting that I'm doing and that a lot of you guys are doing as well so let's uh let's start out we're not going to do any ads because all of those ads are going to be in this podcast anyways uh but I will say just make sure to check us out on Facebook on Instagram and on YouTube it's at Southern Ground Hunting and uh check out the stuff that we're doing on all those pages trying to produce content as much as possible for you guys and um So Alabama season starts in two weeks. No, less than that. Like eight days. So uh, I'll be doing that. I'm going to be in Tennessee this weekend. Kentucky last week. If you listen to last week's podcast, I uh, I missed a giant in Kentucky. You can watch that video right now on the Tethered Nation uh, YouTube channel. That video is going to be there. So Anyways, let's get into this episode. I'm going to start out with my arrow setup. It was probably the most um, frustrating and time-consuming thing that I did all off-season. Um, and I'm going to try to make it as quick as I possibly can. But uh, here it is. So I started out with the Sirius Apollo Arrows. And they were okay. They're heavier arrows. Um, I have a short draw length. I'm, I'm not... Uh, my arms are not long at all, and I, I'm shooting a, uh, the new breed GX2 that I've had for a couple years, and, uh, I was, I was learning that my speed, when when you go to i I'm trying to say this the right way, when you go to a heavy arrow setup, your speed can't really be the most important thing, um, in your whole setup, so, Um, but with a, with a 26 inch draw length and shooting a bow, that's not necessarily fast already with my arrow, basically what it was, was five, like 561 grains or something like that with that heavy of an arrow, which is not that heavy. Um, I was below 220 feet per second, which for a compound bow, in my opinion, that's just, that's just too slow. A deer can do a whole lot of things. The amount of time it takes an arrow to travel 30 yards. And uh, it it just wasn't what I wanted. So I ended up going with a different arrow. I went with a lighter grains per inch arrow. And it was the Victory R.I.P. T.K.O. And uh, that arrow is freaking awesome. Once I put those in and started using those, I was actually able to lower my upfront weight. So they're a lighter grain per inch. Like 8.8 grain per inch. Um, and the Apollos were like 9.6 or something like that. Um, but these are the, the the victories are 300 spine arrows. I'm using a 70-grain uh, Ethics steel half-out, half-insert, and um, a 175-grain VPA two-blade broadhead. And uh, I'm not doing anything special. I'm not doing a lighted knock because they're a little bit heavier. It keeps my... FOC if you're not familiar with this stuff um, just watch the the or watch the episode we did with ranch Ferry or listen to it or whatever we go into you know, he explains a lot of that I imagine a lot of you guys are familiar with um, heavy arrow setups right now it's pretty popular um, anyways that's what I'm using I'm using the zinger uh, four vane um, three degree I, I believe Fletchings it's your 3d uh, 3d printed they're doing great so far, they shoot great anyways, Um, I have not shot a deer yet, so I don't know how they perform on an animal, but they they definitely shoot fine, Uh, so that's my arrow setup, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, because uh, everybody's tired of hearing about heavy arrow setups, but it ends up being like right at 500 grains, which is not that heavy, but with 500 grains, I'm still at like uh, 21% FOC, I think. Which is really stinking good, but it's because I'm short. It's easier to to drive up the FOC if you've got a short draw length. Um, so that's my arrow setup. Like I said, I'm shooting a new breed GX2 uh, bow. It has kind of been a pain in the butt in the butt this year, honestly. Trying to get it tuned right. Um, it's just it doesn't feel like it's. Uh, I'm not incredibly confident with this arrow setup. And it's not the arrow setup. I think it's more the bow than anything. I've taken it to several guys who are uh, um, pretty good, you know, with tuning bows and things. And, and it's just been it's been very difficult to get the GX2 to, to, to tune right with this arrow setup. Nonetheless, I'm still using it. Didn't want to drop money uh, on a new bow. So I'm using it, and I'm shooting good with it. It doesn't have anything to do with – like, at this point, it just took me a long time, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to, I may drive you away from, from using that type of bow and that's okay. I'm just going to be candid with you. Uh, it's, you know, it was a pain in my butt this off season to get it where it was shooting right. And, uh, so anyway, that's my arrow setup. I'm using a, a new breed bow. I've got the, uh, trophy Ridge react five sight, which is pretty cool because you can, you sight in your 20 yard pin. And then you side in your 30-yard pin, and all the other pins basically, um, like slide into the right spot. It basically it's the same concept as like the EZV, I guess. Where um, once you have your 30-yard pin, your 20, the space between your 20 and 30-yard pin will depict, uh, I guess, what your the rest of the pins are going to be at. So uh, that's a pretty cool sight. Um, my arrow setup's a little bit heavier. My bow is slow, and so that React sight is maxed out. Uh, you basically have to turn a an Allen wrench, uh, and it that's what makes the all the other pins slide into the right place. And it is completely maxed out. And um, you know it's probably better for guys with a with a higher uh, speed, but it's it's doing pretty good for me, anyways. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else with my bow. Uh, I'm using the uh, is it True Ball? It's I think it's True Ball blade thumb release, and uh, I like it. I've been using it for the, this is the third year that I've used it, and I really really like that release. I like it spe- specifically for self filming because I don't have to worry about a release like dangling, hitting stuff off of my off of my wrist. And the thing with with a release is it with a with a a normal wrist like buckle style release. Is that once you clip in, your hand is stuck there. So with self filming for me, it's easy to just clip that that thumb release onto my onto the uh, the D loop. I just clip it there, and that way, if I need to move my camera or or something after I've already got my bow out, you know, deer do crazy things, and so um, that would be really frustrating for me if I was trying to self film with a wrist a wrist release, and it would just be it'd be frustrating. So uh, I went with the True Ball blade, and it is a freaking sweet release. I spent just about as much as I spent on everything else, uh, all of my whole bow, um, on this release. But it is uh, it's a sweet release. I really I really like it. So um, my rangefinder, I'm just using the Halo like 450 or something like that. It's nothing special. There's definitely better range finders out there, but like I said, I want something that's going to work for me. Um, being in the kayak a lot. And being in the water and having the chance of things getting wet has really made me. Uh, I don't. I try not to, especially with optics, um, camera gear. Even um, I try to go middle middle ground. I'm not. I I could probably get something better, but knowing that there's a good chance that all this stuff's gonna get wet and ruined, uh, really kind of drives me away from really wanting to get anything. I want something that I can replace a little bit easier. And so that's why a lot of this stuff, especially optics and things, um, I've gone with, you know, a cheaper, a cheaper option. And, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of you guys are going to be doing, a lot of the the questions that I get have to do with kayak stuff. And so if you're really looking at doing the style of hunting that I do, um, I think a lot of this stuff is going to work a little bit better for you. So, So sticking in that realm of kayaks, So a lot of you know this. I use the New Canoe F-12. It's the Frontier 12 uh, kayak, and it is a beast. I think it's got like a 700 or 750 pound weight capacity. It's 12 foot long. Um, It is stable as heck. Like you can walk all around that boat. Um, Actually, last year on the buck that I killed with my bow, the big buck that I killed with my bow, in the video you can see me. I'm in standing water, standing up in the boat pulling this buck into the boat while I'm standing up floating in standing water and uh and it was awesome I mean the boat it's basically like having a bass boat uh, I can walk all the way up to the front of it and not have to worry about it you know falling or, or I mean uh, tipping or anything like that it's a sweet 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 kayak I love this thing as far as paddles go uh, I can't even tell you what kind of paddle I use um, but if you're going to use the new canoe, it's a you, you need to get something a little bit longer. I'm using the 260, I believe, which is even a little bit short. Um, it it you, because it's such a wide kayak, you need something that's going to be a little bit longer. Um, and one hack that I figured out this year is uh, if you'll take some duct tape and um, basically put it. On the bottom side of your paddle, on the actual paddle, take a small little tab of duct tape, fold it over on itself, and stick it onto the uh, the paddle. It'll basically—it's like a drip ring that goes around your around the um, the shaft of the paddle, um, next to each paddle. It's like that, but it will cause the water. After you, after you, your paddle's been in the water, it'll cause that water to not drip onto you. It'll drip um, where that tab of duct tape is. It's kind of hard to explain, but um, it really works super well. I actually need—I need to do a video on it. Um, but check out the, the Instagram stories this weekend. I'm going to uh, to show you guys what I'm talking about. But that's that's actually been pretty cool. Um, so with the kayak, I use a Yamaha 2.5 uh, outboard motor. Um, and it is awesome thing about an outboard is they require maintenance and they, um, have a tendency to not want to work all the time. So that is a little bit frustrating, but it is freaking sweet to have it around, man. Especially whenever you got, um, five mile trips that you're trying to do. I've got some spots that are literally five miles away. Um, that when it comes to paddling, you just cannot get there. Um, in a decent amount of time, you'd have to start paddling at midnight to get there in time to hunt that morning. And it's just that that's a little bit frustrating to try to deal with. So I ended up getting, um, this outboard motor, which was one of the great things about the new canoe is that you can use an outboard motor. They have a, uh, a motor bracket that you put on the transom and it is, it's great. I mean, um, I've had one issue with the motor and it is that it got clogged. One of the jets got clogged last year. And so I just used my trolling motor all all year last year, and uh, I'm not going to say that it was great because the trolling motor depends on a battery, and the battery would die and all that. Um, Everybody always tends to go the trolling motor route because it's a little less maintenance, but uh, the trolling motor is not going to get you where you you absolutely need to go every single time. Um, For the most part, you can depend on an outboard to get you there and get you back. If it's not going to work that day, it probably won't work from the get-go. So, um, I like I said, I really like the motor, and uh, I, I've used it quite a bit, especially during turkey season. Uh, but I'll, I'll use it a lot this deer season as well. So um, I'm using that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else with the kayak that I'm using. I'm using a uh, uh, a tiller extension of basically for the throttle on the motor, and it's from New Canoe. It's uh, it's it's pretty pretty cool i you really aren't you, you won't be able to use a motor without it because the way that the weight distribution has to be because you have so much weight on the back end um you have to be pretty far forward in the seat and so that that tiller extension basically gives you the um ability to uh turn the kayak and uh the th- it gives you the throttle you can turn the throttle um So another thing that I use with with that motor setup is uh, I've actually taken a long, like, uh, telescoping monopod um, that I used to use for a GoPro mount. It's just a camera monopod, like a cheap one, and it telescopes. The thing about this motor is that it's got a, a forward and neutral on it. It's a little lever on the side, but if you're way far up, you cannot reach that. And so I kind of, I just basically made this, it's like a, like a big monopod thing that will, you know, it packs down into, to like a two foot little piece, but then it'll extend to like a 10 foot piece. Um, I took that and I took an L bracket and I put the L bracket on the very, very tip of it. And I just zip tied it with a few zip ties for that L bracket. So it basically makes like a little hook on the tip of this monopod. And that's what I use to grab that neutral and reverse um, or I'm sorry, neutral and uh, drive on the motor, and it worked great. I mean, I, I used to use I used to use like a little uh, um, uh, like a roll a paint roller handle, and I just drilled a screw in there and basically made like a, a hook on that, and that's what I used. Um, but I lost it. I don't know where it went. So uh, I made this little monopod thing kind of on a whim because I needed one. So that works pretty good. You could probably figure out something better to work that way, but that's just I had it laying around, so that's what I used. Um, I'm also using a, uh, this is probably one of the more common questions that I get is how am I transporting my bow or my gun on the kayak? And, um, before I started using the new canoe, I was using a perception striker and I bought some coal pin, uh, ATV gun mounts, um, that I put on the side of that boat and, uh, that worked great. I mean, they're really cool. And, uh, the cool thing is, though, that New Canoe actually already had some designs specifically for their kayaks. So if you go to newcanoe.com, you can find the hunting accessories, and you're going to find, like, a shotgun, I think it's called the shotgun track mount or something like that. Um, it's basically a the same thing. It's an ATV-style uh, ATV um, gun mount that goes directly into the Freedom Track system that's on the New Canoe, so you don't have to screw into your uh, boat at all. Um, you don't have to put any rivets or anything like that. You just, it's part of the, uh, the freedom track mount, which is pretty great. And uh, I use that. It goes right at the front of my boat. If you watch any of the videos or see any of the pictures, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I basically lay my gun or my bow across the front of my kayak. Make sure that you leash everything that is of value. Um, it's super cheap, super simple to make a leash. All you got to do is buy some paracord and some cheap carabiners. And uh, somehow figure out a way to leash that stuff to your boat. That's going to be your uh, your bow, your pack, which carries all of your things. Um, anything valuable. I put. I keep a leash even on my motor just in case if it were to ever just slip off or I made a mistake and didn't tighten it down good enough. Um, I keep like a, a pretty heavy duty rope on my motor to uh, just in case it were to fall off. I wouldn't at least... At least I wouldn't lose it in the bottom of the lake. Uh, so leashes are like one of the most important things that you can possibly take. So speaking of, of that, um, you, you're going to want to leash your pack. I'll start out with a lot of the stuff that I'm actually taking into the woods. I think that covered my bow setup, my kayak setup. I'll start out with um, the pack that I'm using and the things that I'm actually taking into the woods with me. Um, so let's start out. with the, I'm using the Everlystock Stock X2 Pack which is a, um, I've done a full video review on that. You can check that out on the YouTube channel. Um, but it's a frame pack, and it is absolutely perfect for saddle hunting. Um, really, for mobile hunting, if you're using a stand or, or whatever um, you decide to use. But for saddle hunting and self-filming together, that X2 is about the most perfect pack that I have seen. Um, it's got these wings that, that flap out of it on the sides, And each of them has a big pocket. Now, for a Western hunter, those things are used for, like, uh, spotting scopes. It's like a spotting scope uh, pouch or whatever. But for a saddle hunter who's self-filming, I'm using – I'm putting my uh, fluid head into one of those pouches. And I'm putting my camera arm and the camera into another one of those pouches. They're awkward-shaped things, and they go perfectly in those long pouches, which is pretty cool. And uh, so you got that and then I'll put my sticks underneath basically in the armpits of those wings and then strap those wings down. Like I said, there's a video, a full video on the YouTube channel where you can see what I'm talking about. But then I'm able to, it's got a a bottom strap and a brain that comes um, long ways that straps basically vertically. And I'll put my platform down and strap those in. Um, it's a awesome pack, got lots of pockets, very practical. Um, it's a little bit big, but not huge. I mean, compared to a lot of the packs that I've seen people using, it's definitely not huge at all. Um, and it's comfortable. It's a frame pack. So you can, you can actually pack out meat with this pack, which is pretty sweet. Um, I like it a lot. I have no reason to change, no reason to go to something different. Um, it, to be honest with you, it's probably one of my favorite things that I own is that Everly Stock X2 pack. I've been using it. This is going to be my second year. Last year I used it. um, Packed a deer out um, with it in Kentucky. It was great. Yeah, check that out. It's pretty cool. So going into the insides of that pack, what I'm actually using. So let's start with sticks. So I'm using the Lone Wolf Custom Gear Double Step Sticks this year. Uh, I've taken it out. I've used them in Kentucky, or the Tennessee Velvet Hunt, Kentucky, and then Uh, I'll be using them in Tennessee. I'm going to probably be using them for most of the season. Um, As a lot of you guys know, the tethered sticks just released, and uh, those are the best. Like, those are freaking awesome sticks. But I am using these custom gear, the Lone Wolf custom gear double-step sticks right now. And uh, I have got no complaints other than that they're a little bit noisy. Um, They're super light. Like, they're extremely light. And they pack up amazing. So, I have... Never been a fan of the, the sticks that are in like the fixed position. I liked my Hawk Heliums that I was using that fold up. They have the fold up steps. Um, so I didn't think I was going to be a fan of these double step sticks from Long Wolf Custom Gear because the sticks don't fold. They just, they're fixed. I mean, the, the steps don't fold. They're just fixed. And so I didn't think I was going to like them that much. But man, I, it's actually turned out to not even be an issue for me. The way that these things stack together is its so small. It's basically the same size as a normal stick. When all three sticks are packed together, they're basically the same size as a normal stick. They're, they're super light. They are, like I said, practical. And they actually, for the standoffs, they have this bolt system. And that's how they're able to cut a lot of the weight and to pack down as light as they do and as small as they do is because of these bolts that come off the, for the standoffs. And... I didn't think I was going to like them. Honestly, I thought it was going to be kind of a a pain in the butt to get them to bite down on trees, but after using them for, you know, basically a week and a half or so, um, I really like them. They're they're good. Like, if you guys are are at all um, wondering whether or not these sticks will work, I'm going to tell you they do work. They're great. And uh, so, I've I've really enjoyed those. I don't have a full season under my belt of using those yet, so... um, you know, maybe I'll have different opinions later. But at the moment, I really like the sticks. Um, I'm using three of those sticks with a five-step aider from Black Diamond. It's a it's an Atria from Black Diamond that I've modded just a little bit to make it a little bit easier to climb. Um, I'm getting about 20 feet, 21 feet, something like that, with all three sticks extended, um, pretty high. I mean, I've got, I get basically about seven foot per stick um with that 5 step aider it's movable so i just move it up with me as i go and um i really you know that's been a pretty effective way for me to climb um it takes a little bit of, uh, takes a little bit to get used to it especially climbing with a 5 step um aider but it, i'm not going to say it's the best way to climb it's just what i'm doing right now and uh, i don't have any reason to change it also don't have any money to buy things to change that system, so I, you know, I I like it, it's quiet, it's effective, it's not super fast, but it's fast enough, and uh, I really like that system, so I actually did a full video on that using my Hawk Sticks, but it basically works the same way with the, um, with the Lone Wolf Custom Gear, you can watch that on the YouTube channel as well, I think it's called, like, My Lightweight Climbing System or something like that, um... So moving on, I'm using the obviously I'm using the Tethered Phantom saddle and um in my opinion the best saddle on the market is the the Tethered Phantom. I freaking love that thing. I'm using the Predator platform. I'm not going to go into super detail on this stuff. You guys have heard me talk about it a lot um <clears throat> but I'm using the the Phantom and the tether, the Predator platform on my um actual on my actual saddle. Uh I'm using the tethered ropes and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else in there. The back band from Tethered the Recliner, using those. Um, okay, so I'm using the Summit. It, it's like a Summit uh, gear hoist that is actually out of production, but you can find them for sale every once in a while. I like it because it's it's retractable. Um, Hawk has one that's like, they, there's a couple of people that have them, like, they're like fishing reels, and they suck really bad they're like really stupid actually and they're frustrating because the this line gets caught up and stuff and it gets hung up in the actual um, in the actual I don't know the unit or whatever so uh, I went with this summit retractable gear hoist and it's awesome like it's great I've got no complaints on that thing it works awesome there's also the Doyle's gear hoist that you can use that's basically the same thing but um, some one was cheaper. It was like, I want to say it was like $17 or something like that. So it was super cheap and it works. I just have it clipped onto my, uh, to the Molly Molly loop on my saddle and it works pretty great. Um, let's see, as far as the saddle setup is concerned, I mean, I think it's pretty straightforward. I'm not using anything crazy. Uh, I've got a um, Big Whitetail Dreams uh, gear hooks that I'm using with the, Genesis 3D printed um bow hanger the smaller version he has a bigger version and a smaller version check you all need to check out Genesis 3D printing he has some of the most random things um that you didn't know that you really needed but you've probably thought to yourself man it would be so cool if I could do this he's got like um that's that's another thing that I have on my saddle is the predator the predator hook so I can hook my predator platform and it's designed specifically to fit the predator platform and he has it he has them designed for a lot of different platforms. Um, but it's a little hook that I put on my the Molly uh, loop on my saddle. And I put my Predator there while I'm climbing. So it's just easy to access right there. Um, I just reach behind me and pull it off of there once I get ready to hang hang the platform. And uh, y'all need to check that out. Uh, that's Genesis 3D printing. Um, Austin over there, he's crushing the game. Doing a really good job. Um... Uh, I said I was using the big white tail dreams gear hooks with the genesis three d printed um what's it called uh bow hanger and that's been great tethered has a uh the his strap as well um I really like the big white tail dreams one it I don't know why um i I never really could get on board with the the hero clip um for me personally and it's probably more than anything it's the bow that I'm using. Um, but it was always kind of a pain in the butt for me to get my bow up off of it. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything in that. Uh, I don't think so. So moving along to, um, my filming equipment, because this is probably the most common question that I get, um, specifically about filming and how I'm setting it up. So, uh, like I said, the X2, the Eberly Stock X2 is pretty much a part of my filming equipment because it makes it so much easier for me to, uh, to use, to basically have an effective system in the tree. Um, all this stuff also, I need to say this, you have to develop a system for yourself, right? Like I can set up all this stuff in my sleep because I'm, I'm just, I'm fluent in it. Like it's, it's, a, a, I should say fluid. Um, it's a fluid motion for me. I know the, I do everything in the exact order every single time, and it makes it a whole lot easier. I can do it all in my sleep. So you need to develop a system for whatever you decide to get. So um, using the Everly Stock X2 with the pockets and the way it's designed has made it easy for me to develop a system for myself. Um, I'm using the uh, Fourth Arrow Carbon Arm, um, and I actually had uh, Garrett Prawl from DIY Sportsman did a, uh, a mod to the shoulder of that and basically added aluminum components to all the things that were, like, super heavy steel, um, and has made it pretty stinking light. It's a little bit bulky still, because that's just the design of that shoulder. But it's the the older model. So, Fourth Arrow I actually just released the Talon system, which is a little bit better, in my opinion. I've played around with it a little bit. And I want to say that the Talon has three, it's got, like, a three arm, um, or a three, uh, I can't, think of the right word, but, um, the carbon arm that I have only has two one pivot point basically on it or two, if you include the shoulder, it's the older model and it works great. I have no reason to change it. Like I said, I don't have any desire to spend the money and it's worked good. I've never had any issues due to that. So I'm going to keep using it until it doesn't work anymore. Um, but I'm using that as the fourth arrow carbon arm with the shoulder. Uh, I've got everything either spray painted, uh, camo or uh stealth stripped and that works pretty good i'm using the uh manfrotto b-free um fluid head it's like it's got like m it's like m a h i should have it pulled up but i didn't but if you look up the manfrotto b-free head um fluid head it's a super small super compact uh lightweight um fluid head i originally bought a super heavy one because i thought it was needed And turns out it's not needed. Um, You can buy this little fluid head, and it is awesome. I've been using it for three years now and have had no issues with it. It takes up so little room, and it's very good. Um, I want to say it was around $99, $100, something like that. Um, Really good fluid head. You need to check that out if you're looking for small, good fluid heads. Um, With that, I have clipped on a um, RMVPR1 remote. That is from Sony because I'm using all Sony cameras. Um, that remote is awesome. You need to have it if you're going to try to self film. Uh, remote is incredible. The only bad thing about this this specific remote for Sony cameras is that you can't use a lot of the, like, the LANK remotes or whatever. Um, it's not compatible with the Sony cameras. But the RMVPR1 is you can do zoom, um, you can do some uh, on and off. You can take pictures with this remote. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. The only bad thing about it is it does not have a manual focus on the remote, which it needs. Um, Sony needs to figure that crap out because the focus is super important, especially when you're dealing with trees in your way, and uh, you know you could have a shot. You get you never know where you don't know where the deer is going to come out, so you can't set your focus to one spot and expect to, expect it to work all the time. Sony needs to figure that out. But I will say that um, the plus the upsides of the Sony cameras are a whole lot um, very beneficial. I can get over the fact that their remote doesn't focus, basically. So that's the fluid head. That's the remote. The camera I'm using right now is actually the, uh, <clears throat> it's the Sony AX43. Uh, I used to use the 33, but it, I sold it, and I was going to go completely with my um, mirrorless camera, which is the Sony A6300. Because I had bought a lens for it. Well, in at some point, this lens decided it was just going to stop working. It looks like it's a brand new lens. It's in perfect condition. It is not, um, it, it doesn't look messed up at all. It looks hardly even used. And uh, it stopped working. So I had to basically buy another camera before my Kentucky trip trip last week. And I ended up going with the Sony AX43, which is pretty much the same thing as the 33 um, there's a couple of features that it doesn't have, but it's a it's a great camera. If you're if you're looking under thousand dollars, a camera that's going to look really really good. It's going to be a professional grade camera. Um, you need to check that out. It's basically got a um, a gimbal inside it, so it's got this super uh, super awesome steady shot um, technology in it. The low light features of this camera are great. That is one of the reasons why I decided to go with. A lot of the Sony cameras in the first place is the low-light capability is very, very good. Um, that's the AX43. Check it out. I want to say it was around 700 bucks. So you could realistically get a full filming setup for under $1,000 with a camera arm. There's lots of great camera arms on the, on the market. There's the, uh, the Reach by Out on a Limb. There's the Pocket Arm by um, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Fourth Arrow probably has some more, uh, the cheaper options out there, which are, I mean, they're kind of like industry standard at this point, is the Fourth Arrow stuff. So, um, you could, you could realistically get a whole setup for under a $1,000 with a lot of this stuff. And, uh, like I said, I use the AX30, I mean, I'm sorry, the A6300 for my, a lot of my B roll stuff that you see, a lot of the slow motion, things like that. Um, and I was trying to get that, uh, I want that camera to work for my actual tree, tree camera. Um, I need to get this lens repaired or figure something out on it because it costs way too much money to just not even last. I mean, I think I used it for one hunt, um, which is pretty stupid. So, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, my drone is a, uh, it's the DJI Spark. I use that for a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't carry that in the tree with me. But I do take it on just about every single trip. I use that drone. I use the GoPro Hero 8 as a second angle camera. And I'm using that on their uh, their little, uh, not GoPro, the, it's like a cheap little Amazon alligator clip that you put on your tether. Um, and that way it follows you around everywhere. Um, that's pretty much my whole self-filming setup. Um, here's what I do. I, I keep that camera arm around the like around my waist area on the tree so it it mounted about waist height on there so basically by the time you're can't you get your that's where I mount the shoulder you put the camera arm on there and it raises it up a little bit more and then you put your camera on there and it's up a little bit higher it actually ends up between about your chest and your waist Um, but I want to be able to get my camera in between the tree and me Underneath my bridge, it should a deer come out into that direction. Like when I was in Kentucky, that shot, that behind me shot, I had to pull that camera between the tree and me to get it to point behind me. And so that is one of the more frustrating. I know Catman does it a little bit higher. Catman will hold, will mount his camera to where basically it looks up over him, um, which is also an easy way to do it. I don't like that because I feel like it requires more movement out of me bigger movements out of me rather than just keeping it right here behind me right at my right at my stomach and uh, I can kind of hide that movement a little bit better um, but that's been an excellent system for me uh, I'm, I'm I've got a piece of paracord wrapped onto the um, the little handle on the top of my pack it's a little tiny piece of paracord just looped right there and I hang my pack from the bottom T hook of the fourth arrow shoulder and, or the base. Um, if you look up a fourth arrow base, you'll see there's a little tiny T hook that comes out the bottom of it. And that's where my pack hangs. People ask me how I get that big pack to be out of my way in a tree so that I can see. And so it doesn't, so it clears up a lot of my shots. And that's the way that I'm doing it is I'm that my pack is basically below my waist the whole time. So it really doesn't I don't even hardly see it. Um, I keep my thermocell in there. I keep my batteries in my pack. I keep all my extra anything in that pack right there, and it stays out of my way for good. And um, I think that's pretty much going to cover everything that I'm using in the tree. Trying to think if there's anything else that I've got. Um, And I cannot think of. I cannot think of anything. My camo, um, the stuff that I'm using, is uh, Scree Gear. You guys, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm using the Scree Gear. Um, I've been crushing the game with the uh, uh, the short sleeve Merino 150 shirt that they just released. Because it's been hot. It's been awesome. And uh, I freaking love that thing. Um, and using the Uinta pants for early season. Uh, for late season, I've got a uh, the Hardscrabble set, the ptarmigan, hood, uh, the ptarmigan jacket. It's a puffy, uh, puffy jacket. I've got the Kodiak pants, which are basically the same thing. They're just a, a, a warmer version of the Hardscrabble pants. Without going into too much detail, I've got the ultra lightweight jacket, which is the, it's the Hardscrabble jacket but lighter weight than the Hardscrabble. Um, you guys, if y'all want to check out Screegear.com, you can go there and you can get a ten percent discount. Uh, by using the code the code Southern Ground at checkout, um, I've really I've really liked all my Scree stuff, and I think that that is going to be pretty much it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm using that I feel like would be beneficial. I use uh, uh, the knockoff uh, knee pads for saddle hunting. I use the knockoff um, Arcteryx, uh They're just like Amazon knockoffs. I'm not gonna say they're as good. I don't love them. I have a pair of Walmart, just like regular, like hard plastic knee pads that I like actually a little bit better. These Arcterics are very light, especially for early season. They make my knees not sweat and they work well enough. But I mean, my knees are, they're a little bit sore from, from the Kentucky trip because they're not just excellent knee pads, but they work okay. Um, I'm using the, this, this is something that's actually pretty cool. Um, when I use water access, I have to have knee high boots. Like I just don't. I'm not going to get my feet soaked every single time by using hikers or something like that. So I have to have knee-high rubber boots. And boots has been the most frustrating thing for me. I used, uh, I've used, i used lacrosse. I've used muck. I've used uh, what's some of the other brands that I've used. Uh, Bogs. I've used dry shod. Um, I've used all kinds. Of, like literally anything that you can... Just about any rubber boot you can think of, I've used it, and they all last less than a season. Sometimes, I use those freaking Irish Setter Vapor Treks, the snake boots. I have no idea how the, how a snake fang would not penetrate it, because like the slightest amount of dew that's on a piece of grass is gonna freaking get through that thing so fast. Like they're the worst, the worst boot that I think. They're they're comfortable. Don't get me wrong. They're comfortable if i was hunting in west texas or in the desert somewhere with no no water whatsoever they're comfy like i would like them but as far as waterproof they are the worst boots that exist like i'm gonna say that with a lot like i could probably do better getting dollar general rubber boots they'd probably be more effective than these freaking irish setters that were like 230 um don't waste your time especially in the south where you got dew you got creeks you got a you get to cross. Like, don't waste your freaking time. They're the worst boots that that exist, and um, I don't. I don't have any problem saying that. I mean, if you're gonna charge that much for something, man, I, I bought them in December. I basically did a couple of deer hunts with them, and uh, turkey season. Probably about mid turkey season is when they just gave up. <laughs> They're like, meh. I don't. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. They suck so bad. So um, you can. Uh, you can tell I've had an issue with that. So this year, one of the things I decided to do was to go cheap on my boots, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but because of the way that I'm, I'm hunting and the terrain, it's rocky terrain. I need something that's going to be waterproof. Um, and I also have not had luck with anything lasting a very long time. I decided to go cheap that way. If it does tear up or it does break or gets a hole punched in it or something like that, i can replace it easier so i went with the tide Wee, or it's tide Wee or tide way I, I don't know um uninsulated hunting boot and so far i really like them like they fit about the same way as lacrosse do they're just as comfortable um but there's really no benefit to the lacrosse's over these boots um maybe they last maybe the lacrosse lasts longer i don't really know i haven't put these through a season but i do know that they were like fifty, fifty-four 54 dollars or something and uh I can replace that a whole lot easier than I can replace the $180 that these lacrosse lacrosse's cost. Knowing that I'm probably going to have to replace the lacrosse every year, I I can deal with that. I can deal with replacing these Tideway boots every year. That's not a big deal. So, um, that covers boots. I'm using the Scree Gators when I don't kayak in, which is very rare, but it happens especially on the out of state hunts that I do. Uh, I'm using um, some uh, the Scree Gators that they came out with. Those are pretty cool. Don't do that a lot though. Like I said, I need to have I need the waterproof boots for the water access most of the time. I think that is going to cover just about everything major that I'm using. The things that I get the most questions about, anyway. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm uh, I try to be as uh, accessible as possible especially on Facebook and Instagram if you got a question about some gear or maybe something I said or I talked about um you want me to dive deeper into that I can definitely try to help you out um with anything I'm not a a gear junkie I don't do I don't buy the newest thing I buy the most practical thing for the style of hunting that I do and uh I'm not rich so I can't afford to uh I, I guess keep up with the Joneses every single year and buy the, the newest best thing that comes out I just it's just not it's not how I can function you know most of the stuff if we work with a company like tethered a lot of times I get a lot of the tethered stuff um, or scree stuff but other than that I mean I'm I'm pretty much paying full price for just about everything so um, yeah that's gonna be it guys I hope you guys are uh, having a good week a lot of states are in season right now I'm gonna be in Tennessee like I said so wish me luck wish you guys the best of luck this season and in the coming weeks if you are going to be outside just remember that god gave you dominion over the birds of the air the fish of the sea and the beasts of the earth so go out and exercise that dominion i'll talk to you next time